From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Coach, I know I pulled you out of a coach's meeting tonight. Uh, thanks so much for your time. I- I'm looking forward to another season chatting on Monday nights. Oh, yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, 37 to 1. Preseason football. It was a late start because of the, the smoke and the, and the weather, but uh, just your overall impressions of what you saw on Friday night, Coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought we were going to play. I, I felt like we got kind of lucky there. It was pretty darn smoky, and then uh, it definitely was clearing up. But uh, So it was a late start, but I think our guys are ready. I don't hate it, actually. You know, it gives us something to actually deal with. Uh, Maybe we'll have another weather delay or something, another problem later on, and we've now went through it. And I thought our guys, you know, obviously they could have been distracted, but they weren't. And we had more horses. I mean, we had our whole team, so staff didn't really bring, I would say, maybe 16, 17 of their starters, but it's still a a professional football game, and we wanted to go out there and play well, and uh, I felt like we were the better team. Did you talk to your bro after the game was over? Not a lot after the game. I mean, what people got to realize is, you know, we're both trying to work for our own teams and, and work hard and, and do it right. And then when it's over, you can, you know, ask questions or say hello and that sort of stuff. Uh, but when you compete and when you know there's jobs on the line, uh, you know, I think it is, it just, it just feels different. I don't care if it's your brother or whoever it is, your friend, you. You just want to kind of shake hands and move on. Move on. I, I agree with that. Hey, I, I got to ask you this question because I learned something about you at the Italian Sportsman Dinner, something I didn't know. I didn't know your dad worked for Tops Cards. So who has a better card collection, you or your brother? Well, we both have a pretty good collection. I mean, I I made one of the worst trades in the history of baseball cards. You know, when you have that older neighbor and he always takes advantage of you. So when I grew up, I liked like football more, so I, I traded – Drew Pearson and Ahmad Rashad for Hank Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost that one. That was a seventy-two. I, I can look at the. I can see the card right now. Uh, you know, he's got his little sunglasses tipped up. I mean, I can see the card in my mind. But uh, I got a decent collection now. I do. I mean, I've got a lot of rookies. I I remember I had seven or eight McGuire rookies with the Olympic card. You know, and at the time they were going for six, seven, eight hundred bucks. And I didn't care. I didn't want to sell them. Well, now I don't even think they're worth much after the whole uh, steroid scandals and that stuff. But I got some good ones. I do. I've got. I definitely had a lot of Johnny Benches. I do. I didn't bring any because I didn't want to be that super fan. But I got a nice collection, and the Reds were kind of my team. So it was fun. Fun to grow up. My dad. We we go traveling with him, signing up baseball players and in you know rookie level. Uh, we even came up here one time for AAA. So. It was fun. There you go. Do, do you only have baseball cards, or, or do you? You, you no. said you said you have a few football cards too. Obviously, a lot of football. Actually, I don't have any OPGs. I okay. know that was the Canadian version of tops, uh, um, but I do have. I got lots of. You know, football was kind of uh, my favorite sport, but baseball was where the money was at for cards, and he did collect. Or I, I got free baseball cards because he was, you know, could give them out, but I had to buy my own football. But once you're into it. <laughs> Certainly, you're into it, and you know what? I don't know if it's that popular anymore, but I definitely still have a lot of cars. As kids, we, I mean, we put them in our bike tires. We play games with them. We wasn't about keeping them in great shape, unfortunately. 
But uh, it did make you a fan, and it really locked you into stats. I've always been a stat guy. Hey, I, I agree with you because as a kid, I, I played with my cards as well, and I thought it was important because uh, you wanted to feel them, you wanted to touch them. I didn't want to put them in a sleeve and put them in a, put them somewhere. I, wa- I wanted to I wanted to see them, and I wanted to understand the players. But I think it's a different world now, Coach. Well, everything revolves about money. Revolves about <laughs> money now, you know. And, you know what? I was crazy because I know with my dad, you know, they took the bubble gum actually out of the cards because the gum would stain the back of the card that it had that it was connected to, and then people obviously don't want that card if it's got a little bit of a, a film or stain. So, you know, you basically went into uh, you know it used to be called bubble gum pack, and then now they took it out so you can make your money. But that was good times, no doubt. Hey, without a doubt. Hey, Coach, I want to get back to the football game. I know i got a lot of texts coming in already, a couple of calls that want to talk to you as well. So why don't we take a quick time out? We'll come back more with Coach Dickinson. If you want to weigh in with the coach, 403-974-8255, toll-free, out of town, 1-800-563-7770. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Sports on 770. My email address, jock at 770chqr.com. More with Coach Dickinson, a half hour with the coach for Tom's House of Pizza as we return on the home of the Calgary Stampeders, 770 CHQR. You know the numbers if you want to talk to Coach Dickinson, 403-974-8255. Easy to call, easy to text. Let's get right to it. We're going to kick things off with Mark tonight. Mark, you're on the air with Coach Dickinson. Hey, how's it going, Coach? Uh, good. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Enjoyed the game. Even uh, though it's exhibition, I always enjoy kicking the crap out of Saskatchewan, so that must be in a good mood. <laughs> uh, not can argue I, there. No, no. And so uh, I just... Coach, I mean, having my perspective sitting up in row 70, uh, I only know so much. I, when a guy makes a catch, it looks like he's having a good game. But I, I don't know the real details like coaches do. Um, but maybe you can tell me if how these guys did perform. Because from my perspective, way up there, they looked, looked like they were doing okay. Um, did Justin Lawrence do enough to, to get a, a start in the next game? And a couple of the DNs, I thought, Looked okay, Kevin Prosser and Ricky Neal. How did they do? Yeah. Well, you know, receiver-wise, it is kind of easier to see because, you know, everyone sees the catches and the runs and it's in the open field. The, the positions you're talking about, you know, in the trenches there, it's really hard, honestly, for even watching from the sideline to really get in a good idea. You almost have to break it down and watch the film. And then, honestly, you kind of kind of see what the communication was. And sometimes they're called stunts from the DN. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they just beat guys and, so, uh, you know what, I thought we made a lot of good plays. Your questions on Justin, I mean, he's progressed. Uh, we're still fighting out whether we're going to uh, make that center position a Canadian spot, both with Seas and Justin. Uh, Ucambra was an all-star center last year, and he's a really good player as well. But we, we did feel like ratio-wise we wanted to make that move in the off season. But with, with Brad's injury, we were definitely looking at all our options. But he's a good player. He's got some physical limitations, you know. Um, he works extremely hard. He's smart. He's competitive. He's tough. So uh, all good things for Justin. DN-wise, both those young guys did make some plays. They're in the backfield, uh, a little inconsistent on uh, maybe, you know, on each and every play. I think they could do a little bit more consistent play, and they should get an opportunity to show themselves. It's a wide-open position at DN. We did lose a lot, and obviously with Flo's injury as well now, it's just – jobs to be had so uh, a lot of competition which is what we like in in preseason as well anything else mark no good luck uh in 2019 coach 
All right. Thanks. Thanks All for right. the call. Mark, appreciate uh, the call. Let's go to the text line. This one is from Ryan Coach, and he says, uh, I thought the receivers played really well, especially Huff, especially Whalen, especially Braverman. How did they grade out, and how many import receiver positions will you have this season? Yeah, I thought when you said Huff, I thought you know, <laughs> John Huffnagel was snaring the ball. That's been actually kind of interesting because we'll, we'll, we've been talking in the office, like, go get Huff. And uh, some people get confused who we're talking about. But, no, you know, all three I thought were, were quite good. Uh, we have we have a lot of jobs available again. It just seems like that's going to be the, the common denominator is that there's jobs available. And you won't be able to keep them all, but, um, you know, we're pushing the vets too. We just don't have a lot of vets, but uh, – I felt like we looked like explosive. I thought they caught the ball well. There were some nice routes. There was a lot of catch-and-run type of plays. Braverman had that big one. It was 56 yards. So, uh, you know, I do think those three jumped out, popped. Um, Maybe some others will pop this game. We're going to try to give everyone a shot and then uh, ultimately try to field the best roster we can. Well, with the receivers, you know, I was impressed with Reggie Bagleton early because coming off that broken arm, that's a tough injury, but he certainly responded. Listen, Reggie has been a good player when he's played. He he bid his time. To be honest, I think uh, he would have, you know, been a breakout type of all star type of guy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't fault him for his work ethic, his strength. Um, just got a little unlucky. And to be honest with you, I think Reggie has solidified us. You know, to me, uh, him and Eric, uh, there are vets. There are two guys that are locked in and. Everybody else, so we kind of just have to battle and see where it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, another question uh, just coming in from from David, and, and David wants to know a little bit about the, the running backs. Uh, he says, I thought the young running backs, Galloway and Holmes, played very well. How is their blocking, and does this put pressure on the vets next week? Um, you know, I think we need to see Kadeem. I think uh, we want to see Kadeem uh, play. Um, you know, there was decent production. Don Jackson didn't play as well. Um, so I do think uh, the running back position has some openings. You know, it's a tough spot, though, to be honest with you, because Don's kind of our lead back. Terry Williams is very explosive and a good player. Um, we are still trying to get younger and push those guys, but certainly felt like that was a position of strength on our team. Will Don Jackson and uh, Shane Bergman be good to go for Friday night? Um, Shane for sure. Um, but, you know, I think Don should be, he looked good today. He's got a muscle pull, you know, those fast guys. I, I didn't have any muscles to pull, but those <laughs> fast guys, um, sometimes those muscles can, can flare back up, but Shane was just maintenance. He's got, um, some hips, you know, they, as you get older, obviously you want to keep things working. And so we just used to this maintenance, uh, He'll be good to go. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Garrett, a question on the text line. He says, Coach Dickinson, how was your experience in Mexico and Europe recruiting CFL players? What were some similarities and differences in how they approached the game of football? Uh, did you learn things that you could apply to the CFL game? Well, we didn't go to Europe. I guess that might be at 2020. But the uh, Europeans came to us. So the Europeans came to the CFL Combine. And we only had 17 guys. And talking to their coaches over there, it just wasn't put together quite um, as effectively as it can be because of the short timetable. Um, our Euro guy didn't even show up. He actually went to the airport and and, and just doubted whether or not he wanted to, to come all the way to Canada, and that that was a tough pill for us to swallow. We thought he was a pretty good football player. 
but the Mexicans, I, that that uh, experiment was fun for me. I loved it. I thought the, the, they took it serious. I mean, we did a draft down there. They're in, they're in their suits, and they are fired up. And they were excited to, for an opportunity to come to Canada and see what they can do. And I think all three of our guys have fit in well. Uh, they practice extremely hard. Our kicker is still working on his English, but the other two speak English quite well. And, uh, you know, I think they can have a positive impact on our team. It's going to take a while for them to, you know, maybe work them their way into starting positions, um, you know, let the talent level grow. And I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I think it can. Mm-hmm. I think the guys have fit in well and are a positive addition to our team. Can they play teams? Not the kicker, obviously. Well, the kicker can. I mean, we're going to give him another <laughs> shot, too. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, we have a, we're trying to convert a D lineman into an offensive lineman. And, that's not easy to do. We've tried it in the past too. And the reason for that is because we feel like we're always short going into a game with, uh, with offensive linemen. Usually we just go in with six. And if we can find a way to, to get the seventh offensive lineman, um, you know, the global position, I think that could take some stress off of us, but it's one of the toughest jobs to learn. I think quarterbacks are toughest and offensive lines are second toughest. And you're trying to build somebody that's never done it. Uh, and playing against some of the great athletes in the world. But um, that's what Guillermo I'm talking about. He's working hard, and he'll get some more snaps this week. He does have to improve, but their attitude is just refreshing. And they just, I'm telling you, they we call it a grind training camp. Well, these guys come back, and they want to be every single day. You can tell they want to be there. It has uh, certainly been good for our team. I know you don't like to single out individuals, but uh, I, I do want to ask you about Nate Hawley because uh, not only did he have a very good game with some nice numbers and some nice stats and made some impact plays, uh, but he was a great interview in our post-game show afterwards as he was named our defensive uh, player of the game. Your thoughts on, on Nate? Well, I think he's, a, he's a, just a kid that came in late, a little bit late to camp, and we had our eye on him for two years. He's been he's a strong safety out of college, which basically is like, uh, comes down to the box and can uh, help out in run game in the U.S. game, but he's, he can play high and cover guys. He made some great interceptions covering our backs. I'm, maybe he was a tweener NFL-wise. He's fitting in well as a will linebacker here. And we do think we lost some good linebackers, obviously, Alex and Thurm, but I did. I was happy with our guys, and I think Nate is one of them that stepped up. And, you know, sometimes guys just need an opportunity. Um you know, and he certainly took his opportunity and ran with it because I thought he was excellent as well in that preseason game. It's going to be an interesting preseason game, I think, Friday night. Uh, you're not going to be able to, you know, dress 80 players, obviously. Uh, and and you got a game against your old buddy Devon Claybrooks in the BC Lions. And, and, and I think they're going to be uh, showing probably their, their A game a little bit on, on Friday. I do, too. You know, it does. I don't know if people are aware, but the rule change at the CBAs, you do, you do need to go a day early for preseason games now. And what it does is budget-wise, you just can't take as many guys because um, you're flying a day early, you're staying overnight. And so you can see, I really feel like the Visney teams are getting their butts whooped this year because they, they've kind of made it like we did that, the you know, your home fans, should, you know, you should play your players for your home fans. And uh, we did that. And I think they'll do that. Um, so um, opportunities will be there. We'll certainly leave some guys home as well. Uh, but I want to warn our guys that we're going into a hornet's nest there and we need to be ready and go go not only try to win the game, give me your best performance, make my decisions tough. Coach, great start to the season. Uh, really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, look forward to doing it again next Monday night. Uh, thanks so much. Okay.
All good, Jack. All right. You betcha. Coach Dave Dickinson. Half hour with the coach. We do that for Tom's House of Pizza. Jim, sorry we didn't have time to get to your call. You called a little bit late. Uh, Call back next week, and we will go from there. When we come back, more Stampeder talk and a little NBA talk. We're going to hook up with Moses Waldo from Global Sports. This is 770 CHQR.